0: Yeah, we're going to begin now, uh, we'll get started with, uh, uh, with a prayer. So, uh, so um, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, your servant Moses proclaimed the resurrection to the children of Israel. To give them hope in the midst of their darkness, as we journey to the darkness of the cross, give us hope to look beyond it to the light of the resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, so um, we are in chapter nine of "Has American Christianity Failed?" Uh, wrestling with God, why prayer is suffering. Um, any. Before before we dive in, any kind of highlights from this chapter that you know you saw when you read it? Mm. I don't have anything written down, down here. So. Might be a little like I think I read this in anticipation of maybe being here for class last Tuesday, you know, and then getting ready for this class. I was like, I should probably remind myself what I read. So <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't really remember what I read. Uh so if you need to refresh yourself by just kind of flipping through the pages real quick. Um and yeah just just as a thing we're next week we're going to do chapters 10 and 11 doubling up so be, because that that way will be done before Holy Week. Oh we are going to do 10 and 11 next week. Next week is 10 and 11. Yeah. Okay. So just make sure you prepare for that. Uh, But anyway, so chapter nine though, so what what are some some things that really stood out to you about this chapter before we dive in?
1: I like the part where he's talking about the ear stomach, is what he called it. Yeah. That we don't know, sometimes we know what we need and a lot of times, especially in the spiritual world, we don't know what we need. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the the I think it's on page one
1: ninety seven. Yeah,
0: yeah. Our stomach tells us that we're hungry, but doesn't tell us what kind of food we should eat, right? Or what kind of food we need. And then the whole thing about the uh, if the Lord had given us a stomach for His word, a small stomach behind our ears, that'd be kind of funny, you know. Just uh, if we skip church, our kids would grab their <laughs> grab their ear stomachs and complain, "I'm starving. When are we going to hear a sermon?" You know, if we hear false doctrine, get uh, we get ear-stomach poisoning, and we'd be up all night vomiting heresy out of our ears. Uh, you got to give it to Wolfmuller for some imagination. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's great. It's good. Yeah. So, uh, But if, if we had these ear-stomachs, people would be lined up for church. You'd have to call ahead to get a reservation for the 9 a.m. service. If we had ear-stomachs, the, the petition, hallowed be thy name, would be as natural for us as give us this day our daily bread. Last, we don't have your stomachs. We don't hurt when we skip our prayers and devotions. We don't cramp up if we miss church. So, that's very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other, any other uh, highlights, y'all want to touch on before we begin? Let's begin in earnest. Nope. Well, most of these questions actually touch on the main the main points of the chapter. So, I always want to dive on in. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Um, so this whole chapter is about prayer, right? and prayer can be kind of an elusive subject. Um, you know, if if you talk to people about about prayer and what prayer means and the definition, everything like that. I mean, I would imagine get a dif- different definition from almost everybody, um, but it's kind of interesting how Wolf um breaks it down and just simply say and simply just says the Christian prays right that we are commanded to pray, um, and then we learn about what that is later on in the chapter. But when he says prayer, uh, the the command of prayer is. Uh, the command of prayer. Um, uh, the command of prayer. Um, me, um, is an invitation. What does he mean that it's an invitation? First of all, before we ask the next question, how is it an invitation to come to him? To come to him. For what reason? For forgiveness. Every. For forgiveness? Yeah, sure, you can pay for forgiveness. But anything that you need, is that what you
1: said? I said any and every reason. Any
0: and every reason, yeah. Including forgiveness, including uh, even just like uh, driving home safe at night, or whatever, you know, just big or small. Anything you need, you know, it's a command that God will hear you, right? It's Or it's, it's an invitation... To come to him and a promise that he will hear your prayer, right? So, how is that comforting? How is that comforting?
2: Well, my answer to that question was, I, I don't, I didn't look up the verse, but it says the prayers of a righteous man are heard. I mm-hmm. think so it's that, in James. That leads you to believe that the prayers of an unrighteous man go ignored.
3: <laughs>
0: That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. What, what makes us righteous before God? And it's faith in Christ, right? So prayer without faith in Christ wouldn't avail much of anything, I would imagine. So yeah, probably aren't heated very much. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that comes from, uh, from James. So, yeah, I, I didn't look at the verse up, but
2: I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. The prayer
0: of a righteous man availeth much. It's in the King there says. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's comforting because, yeah, God hears our prayers, right? He, uh, We are righteous for the sake of Christ, and therefore, you know, and, and being baptized children of God, why wouldn't God, our Father, hear our prayer, right? Um, he's supposed to be a good Father, so He promises to hear us out. And it's comforting because... Well, I mean, if you didn't know that, would you be sure that God actually heard what you had to say? I mean, how? what good is it to pray to a God when you have no idea if he can actually hear you or not, or if he even cares about what you have to say? Is that comforting at all? I'd say probably not. <laughs>
1: it's probably like wouldn't be praying very much. Yeah, probably not.
0: What's what's the incentive, right? What's, what's the incentive to pray when you're just like, well... If you don't have the invitation, if you're just kind of throwing a prayer out there, I think like, I, I remember like one, one time a friend of mine, he's kind of agnostic, and I, and I was Christian, I, I, you know, went to church and everything, I was still kind of growing in my faith, I, you know, you always are, but uh, I was trying to talk to him about Christianity and he was kind of agnostic, not really sure what, what he he knew that there was a God, wasn't quite sure who he was, blah 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 blah. And then he said, you know, one day he told me, he said, I the other day I prayed, I prayed for you. And I was like, You prayed for me? What okay, <laughs> that's cool, man. So what do you mean you prayed for me? And he's like, Well, you know, I wasn't quite sure who to pray to, so I just said, you know, God, if you're out there, watch over, watch over Garrett or whatever. And I was just like, Ouch, man, that's rough. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe he heard you. Well, um, who knows? Better but, than nothing, I guess. Better than yeah. nothing, I guess. But I was just like, man. Okay, well, I appreciate the sentiment, you know. Um, but it's one of those things. Like, let's 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 talk about the assurance that you can have praying the one true God, right? Um, you know, maybe, maybe maybe if that were to happen again, I might have more uh, words to say on the matter. At the time, I wasn't quite sure what to do. I was like, that's a that's interesting. Okay, well. Thanks? And yeah, at, at, at the time I was kind of like, no, I was like, better than nothing, I guess, but okay. So yeah, but if, if we have the command of prayer, and it's an invitation, it is comforting to us because God hears our prayer. We know who we're uh, asking these things of, and um, I guess, do you, are y'all put off by that language of command? Hmm. does it push you off at all no well that's good do you think some people would be put off by that language of command that we are commanded to pray i reckon so probably yeah (laughs) i i don't know I, i i'd like to you know this this book has raised a lot of issues for me where it's like i'd like to just go out and sit out at uh market plots with like a a sign that says, you know, what do you think about God's command to pray or something? You know, it's like all these different things from this book and just have a sign out and hopefully people will come just talk to me, you know? Um, Yeah, I've I've seen a guy out there recently with a bullhorn. He's like a street preacher kind of guy. And I was like, all right, well, (laughs) move. I don't know if I would do that. But I was wondering, you know, I wonder what other Christians think about the command to pray because I think a lot of Christians see prayer as like one of many options. Have y'all seen that before? Or do you do you think that people think that way? You don't think, Never people think that, way? It that way? No? I mean, maybe people don't say it. I've seen people kind of act that way where it's just like, well, you know we have many options of what? Of like how to how to help somebody. Okay. You know. So it's like, um when it comes to us as Christians and um uh, Living a Christian life, you know, um, I wonder how many people really understand how essential prayer is. You know, I mean, uh, many options. What I mean by that is that uh, people will say, well, I, I gave them somebody needed some help. So I gave them some money or I referred them to somebody else. And then when you ask them, what did you pray for them? I wonder if they would say, well, why would I want to what I told you how I helped them, you know, <laughs> you know, I gave them some money or I helped them out in this way or that way. It's like, well, did you pray for him? Well, no, I didn't. And, and maybe that's because people kind of see prayer as a, a last resort. I don't know. Um, but I really liked how, well, I wish that he would have said something differently at the bottom of 193 because he says, you know, prayer is not an option. Uh, I would rather him say prayer is not optional. You know what I mean? Because when he says prayer is not an option, it's just like, well, it's off the table. Don't even worry about praying. I thought that was kind of a funny way to put it. But it's like prayer is not optional. That Christians just, Christians pray. You know, we always are supposed to be asking God for help or comfort or assurance or something uh, that is good and according to his will, right? And so I was just curious about y'all's thoughts about what it means to be commanded to pray. And that we as Christians see it as a joyful thing. It's not a burden to us because it's like, all right, I'll pray. It's it's a very light thing for us because of who we are in Christ, right?
2: Yeah. The other thing the Bible also tells us to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Whenever I read that, I think, well, we never get any work done. (laughs)
0: Well, it's funny, yeah. Uh, I think Luther, who was a very productive guy, He's quoted as saying, or he's he he wrote down. It's like people ask me, like, how do I get things done if I'm praying all the time? He's yeah, like, yeah. well, he says something like, uh, well, the more I have to do, the more I pray. You know, so it's like the more I have to do, I pray longer before I do it, and and it's just like because I can't get anything done without God's help. So the thing is kind of funny that he put it he put it that way. It's just like, well, when you think of it, I mean, praying praying without ceasing that can look that can. Take on different forms, and you can pray while you do stuff. So, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, you can <laughs> pray while you're
2: digging ditches, but when you're on a computer thinking about things, I don't. Know. Yeah, when that's your true. Yeah, mind is occupied. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's. So we have to rely on God's grace all the more, even in prayer, right? So, yeah, pray without ceasing, um, but when you do pray. I mean, I think that's the point nowadays that we have to really stress to people. I don't think we have to stop people from praying too much. (laughs) You know, I think we need to encourage them to pray more than they do, right? So it's like, we have to emphasize not, you know, it's like, hey, 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 you know, stop praying so much. You know, kind of like in Luther's time, he had to rail against the monks for praying more than they did anything else. It's just like, or seeing that their prayers were more worthy than... Than uh, digging a ditch, changing a diaper, or whatever you know. So it's like um, nowadays, I don't think we have that problem. <laughs> I no, think right. we have the problem sure. of saying like you should probably pray more and emphasizing that Jesus says, you know, not if you pray, but when you pray, go doing these, go do these things. You know, it's an expectation. So, um, but anyway, so how about number two? The promise of prayer includes that He hears and answers, like we've been saying. Um. These questions are always so fun. Some of these are such bad questions, I think. But have you thought that all along? I mean, let's just say, let's answer that question before we move on. So, have you thought that all along? Yes. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, and uh, what is it? Well, that's good. So, ask and answer. Let's go on to number three. Uh, oh no no no. no. <laughs> Yeah, I no, right? Well, I mean, these yes or no questions always bug me. It's just like, they're, just, they're just supposed to be discussion questions. When yeah. you just ask like yes or no questions, like yes, no, all right, great discussion, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I wrote down that his answers yeah. may be immediate, later, or no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That he always answers. So he always answers. Yeah, that's right. Um, that that, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I I was just trying to think of the last time I actually talked to somebody about prayer and they were actually frustrated because they believed that God wasn't answering or something. I mean, we have all these hypotheticals. I don't, I don't know if we actually have all these conversations anymore about prayer and stuff. I guess that's what this time is for, but yeah, he answers yes, no. Not yet, or wait, right? Um, And sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes it takes a long time for him to answer a prayer in a decisive way, I guess. Well, I guess not decisive, but I mean, in a very yes or no way, right? Um, Sometimes that happens. So... In the meantime, we probably need to pray for patience, right? Um, so, and I, let me see, where let me say this. Um, what did y'all think about, to kind of stray off a little bit here, because we can go through these questions pretty quick. When it comes to repeatedly or continually praying for certain things, what did y'all think about um, the... Passages that he used from uh, Genesis 32 with Jacob uh, wrestling with God and the Canaanite woman um, from from uh... oh where was that and the Canaanite woman I can't believe I'm not remembering this but it was a our gospel text a couple <laughs> weeks ago from the. Um being the crumbs to the from dog. Right, right, dolphin, yeah, you know? yeah. I'm drawn. I'm d- drawn a blank. It's been it's been. A, it's been a week, to say the least, since Henry got here. So, uh, since he was born. So yeah, yeah it's been. I'm, I'm kind of tired, so I forget. But, um. Uh yeah, the Canaanite woman. Um in Matthew, that's right, Matthew chapter fifteen. So, anyways, what did y'all think about the persistence exhibited? by Jacob and the Canaanite woman. Did y'all think about about that while y'all were reading through this? Have y'all thought about that as a model for prayer before?
1: Well, in the gospel, Jesus talks about the widow who goes for the judge, and the judge doesn't want to hear her case, but Mm. because she keeps bothering him, he grants her her wishes. Mm -hmm. So it's just the same thing.
3: Yeah, okay
0: how much more will God, who is a righteous judge, hear you and grant you what is good, Mm -hmm. right? That sort of thing. But as far as, I mean, what did he talk about in the book about why it was so significant with Jacob and the Canaanite woman in their, you know, modeling those things of prayer? Um, What did he talk about in terms of, like, the promise? You remember what he said about that? No. Nope. There we did it again. <laughs> okay. Might have been a week or so since he read this. But you know, uh, Jacob was wrestling with uh, wrestling with the man, right? And said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Was he was he just was Jacob just so strong that he was just too strong for God? Or was it something else? Nah, he was just stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. He's stubborn. Uh, what was he... You know, it, you have to kind of not... You have to kind of pull this out of the text a bit, but um, Jacob believed that he was wrestling with God himself, wrestling with an angel or however you want to interpret it. But he he kept saying, I will not let you go unless you bless me, Right. And so he believed that this, this guy that he was wrestling with would bless him in some way. And uh, who knows how he knew that? The, the text doesn't say. But then we see that um, when, uh, when he says, what, what is your name, said Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And so then Wolfmuller writes, "You, you are Israel, a Christian, one who wrestles with God, one who prays. That we hold on to God and his promises and we don't let him go because we know that he has promised something, right? That the Canaanite woman was holding on to the promise that she had heard of Jesus, that she knew that he was the only one who could heal her daughter. And so she kept humbly petitioning him and pleading with him to heal her daughter, right? Uh, and and that's, that's how prayer works. It's not that we're so strong or we're prayer warriors and, and you know, fighting off uh, the devil by ourselves or whatever with our prayers, that our prayers are so great. But our prayers are based on the promises of God, right? Have y'all thought of it that way before? Yeah? Well, he promises he'll hear
2: if you're a righteous man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Righteous for the sake of Christ. We'll we'll throw that in there too, right? So, yeah. So, I just wanted to throw that in there that uh, the promise of prayer includes that he hears and he answers. And, you know, especially when the answer is not yet. Or the answer is maybe silence, right? That we continue to be persistent, holding on to the promises of God, holding on to His promise that He's laid out in His Word, uh, and praying according to it, right? I'm trying to supplement this because that was a bad question. Have you thought it all? Have you thought that all along? Yes or no? All right, move on. Right. I'm just trying to supplement a little bit. Any any thoughts about that? Any questions? No.
2: <laughs> no, I got it. what I'm thinking of is uh, here's my answer to question five, so we'll get to it. We'll get to
0: it. That's alright, yeah. You're praying for patience right now. That's good. Um all right, well then number three. So T te- Jesus teaches us what we really need in this life. What is that? You sound uh, they reference page 196. But what what is it that Jesus teaches that we really need? Jesus teaches us what we really need in this life, and what is it?
1: Well, I wrote down a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> said me the word, the spirit, the church, faith and forgiveness, daily bread. Um I don't know. I wrote down preservation. I don't know what I meant by that, but
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. Preservation, you also say perseverance, it's a lot of stuff, yeah. Um, anybody else want to tackle that? What are, what are the things that we need in this life that Jesus teaches us about?
2: Well, I went a little different direction than I had. I went okay. from physical to spiritual. I go, what do you need in life? You need air, yeah. you need water, Yeah. food, clothing, shelter. And you need him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did y'all see uh, kind of what um, Pastor Wolf Mueller was getting at with this part of the chapter? Like, what, what, let me see if I can ask this without giving away the answer too bad. How does Jesus, oh, man, I, can't, I just can't, I can't do it without saying the word. What does he give us that encompasses all that we need in this life? You know, what is, what? yeah, that's right. Yeah. What does he say when, when people, when his disciples say, say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he goes, all right, when, when you pray, say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? That the Lord's prayer is full of everything that we would need And, and it all, and it includes all the things that that y'all were saying, right? And a a lot of the things that you were saying, James, was what what would probably be included in daily bread, you know, at least according to our understanding of the small catechism, right? All that we need to support this body and life. um, And, you know, anything beyond that, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, you know, spiritual care in that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right. I mean, it's just all encapsulating. Um, and, And does First of all, does that, does that sound like it's just too easy to say the Lord's Prayer? Like, that that's the answer, the Lord's Prayer. All right. Is that too easy?
3: <laughs> or does it feel like that sometimes? I feel like sometimes we just, maybe this is just me, but we just blindly say the Lord's Prayer and don't actually know what it means. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you say it all the time. Yeah. But it's, sometimes it's just words. Yeah. Um,
0: what is it? We shouldn't shy away from prayers by rote. And by that, I mean memorized prayers, you know, prayers learned, learned by heart, like the Lord's Prayer. We shouldn't shy away from those prayers uh but we should shy away from mindless prayer right Yeah, <laughs> you know just kind of going through the motions Ram- not really I thinking can- yeah, yeah not really thinking about it rambling on yeah so but the lord's prayer maybe maybe this could be a nice exercise for y'all and and, and I would encourage this for sure you know definitely pray the lord's prayer also try at some point to um as you're going through the Lord's Prayer, simply attach someone to one of those petitions. You know what I mean? By saying, you know, give us this day our daily bread, especially, you know, uh, John, who um, is struggling right now because he can't find a job. You know, we pray that you would give him his daily bread in, in finding some means of supporting himself. You know, and lead us not into temptation, Um, but deliver us from evil, especially, um, you know, Sally, who's in the hospital because she's really struggling right now spiritually, lead her not into temptation of despair, yada, 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 right? You just kind of like try and attach somebody and even yourself, you know, elaborate on one of those petitions from time to time and see what happens. You know, um, it actually might show you just how rich the Lord's prayer is and, and how it can be tailored to whatever needs you have and whatever needs somebody else has that you're praying for them, you know. I do that a lot. You do that a lot. Yeah. Good. It's good. It's a good practice. It's good practice. I should do it more. I'll say that. Um, I should do it more. And I'm I'm convicted every time I read Luther in the Large Catechism, because he says, you know, if only pastors would just every day. Say the Ten Commandments, say the Apostles' Creed, and then pray the Lord's Prayer for themselves and for their people, we would be in a lot better place right now as far as our churches. And I was like, that's a good point. You know, I should do that more often, setting aside time to pray like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this? So when it comes to this, you know, praying mindlessly or without realizing what you're saying, um, there's part of, part of prayer also is like what I I really wanted to touch on this on page 197 at the bottom, you know, so um, he says the devil tries to prevent our prayers with this, with this uh, trick. If, If God knows what is going to happen then there's no use in praying. Jesus says the exact opposite when he teaches us the Lord's Prayer. Because God knows everything, including everything you need, therefore pray. Have y'all ever felt that way before? That, you know, what's the point in praying? God already knows what I need.
2: No? No, I think, or is it in the Old Testament where, you know, you pray, oh, maybe not the. Uh, Hundred sixty forty thing or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. if you if you pray, you know, there's a possibility you might
0: just change his mind. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, like like what Moses did with the Israelites and, and um, Abraham with Sodom, with Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, okay, I get what you. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, if there's only ten, then spare it for ten. It's like, yeah, yes, yeah. I will spare it for ten, right? Um, if there are 10 righteous people, then yes, I will spare the, the city, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never know what's going to happen when you pray uh, for the needs of somebody else or yourself, right? I mean, you, God could relent, right? Yeah. And, and, and spare, spare people from, from his wrath. Um, I have though heard from people recently uh, that they're just like, you know, sometimes I struggle with that where i think to myself i'm tempted with the thought you know god knows what i need mean, so what's the point in praying for it you know or you know god knows what's going to happen what is what am i like who am i to ask for any of this stuff or whatever and it's just like yeah but come on i mean it's clearly a cop out right and thankfully the people that have talked to me about this before they they know that it is, but it's something they struggle with, um, and it, and it is it it is a lie of Satan, right? That that um, it's a little bit of a trick uh, to keep us from engaging God in prayer, right? So I just wanted to ask ask that out ask that. And you got to go back to question one. Prayer is a command, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, it's a command. It's an invitation to, for you know the creator of the universe to hear your cares and concerns and what you need, right? Um yeah. It's a command. Yeah. And, and and we should do it joyfully, right? Knowing who God is now that we are righteous for the sake of Christ. Right. Um all right, so I think that's that's pretty good right there. How about number four? Uh the words we pray from scripture. Have an advantage over our "quote unquote" heartfelt prayers. And
3: <laughs> I love what? the question.
0: What? What? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> love it. That's great. Uh, so, I mean, I I will expand on it then. So, what are the advantages of praying from Scripture? You know, straight from God's word. Yeah, from yeah, from God's word. Um, what? Yeah.
1: tinted by our sinful natures
3: yeah
0: or at, at, at least our sinful natures probably hindered in some way by God's word or I don't know however you want to put it but I think you're right that um, our sinful nature to say you know um, I think I used a bad example this morning I was like praying for a Ferrari or something like that you know <laughs> it's like when you just need a ride to work <laughs> and, and all your all you're saying is, Lord, all I want is a Ferrari because that's how I got to get to my job at the gas station or something. You know, it's like, no, well, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but uh, when you say, Lord, you know, um, you you uh, what is it? Uh, if you if you even say, you can connect it this way. If you pray according to the Psalms, right? Uh, at our house, we 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 try and pray uh, the um, prescribed. Uh, prayer for the table prayer in the small catechism, you know, the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing, right? And if you say that and it's like, okay, from that, Lord, you have promised that you would satisfy the desires of of what we need and what we need to sustain this body and life. Therefore, Lord, I need to put food on the table, so I got to get to work. I don't have a car. I don't have a ride. Provide some way for me to get there. That's praying according to Scripture and not just simply saying, God, just send me a Ferrari or send me my own truck or something. I don't know. Whatever you like. Uh, Out here, you probably say, like, you know, send me a Ford F-150 King Ranch Special Edition or something like that. Uh, (laughs) It's like, well, that's probably not going to happen. But he's probably going to put someone in your life to give you a ride to your job, right? Or something like that. I don't know. But he's going to give you those things that you need. Right, and our heartfelt prayers. I guess what what's the emphasis of the heartfelt there? Why does he add that in there? How how is prayer seen by American Christianity, as we've heard from in in the previous chapters? How does American Christianity see prayer?
1: Spontaneous proof of the spirit within you. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, okay. Spontaneous proof of the spirit within you. Um, in some way, maybe even also uh, our working of God's will, or I don't know. It's some. I don't know. It seems kind of mystical in some ways, right? That, um, I don't know, I think I've, I've heard it before Say said that, like you know, someone who's a proponent for, you know, um, I don't know, this kind of mystical kind of prayer, it's really hard to pin down, but it's something along the lines of, you know, God's not going to give you what you need until you pray for it or something like that. So, so you got to pray, you got to pray, because then, then he'll do something about it. It's just like, well... Okay, it's 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 a tricky thing. Um, we should pray, um, but when we pray according to Scripture, we know for sure that the things that we are asking for for are in fact His will, right? Uh, I told the story. I don't know if I told the story here, but the, a couple weeks ago, I was I was at a co- coffee shop, and I and there are these girls sitting at the table next to me. And they were talking, and then all of a sudden they, they started praying for each other. I thought, that, that's great. They're praying for each other right then and there. But the prayers they were saying were, I mean, I won't say that they were impious, and I won't say that God didn't hear them. But what I will say is that they were just, it was it was—it was kind of sad, because uh, their prayers it were just a bunch of the language of, you know, um, uh, God, just let them feel your presence. Let your presence be known, so that they would um, just know that you love them, God. And it's just like it's 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 this kind of prayer that's very repetitive. Um, feel good, I guess you could say. Feel good, yeah. You're you're just trying to make that other person feel better. Um, and the 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 language of feeling, you know, let them feel your presence, Lord. And as a as opposed to as opposed to praying from Scripture, which would be like, you know, this morning Audrey um, was talking about how, you know, when when her husband Dave was going through, you know, his last moments in life, and she was struggling, she prayed Psalm fifty one. The offertory that we sing on Sundays, you know, uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, um, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, right? That's a great prayer, you know, because it's from God's word, right? And so when you do that, you are you are comforted in knowing that you don't have to necessarily add on the end, if it is your will please grant me these things, you know? If we're praying according to God's word, we are assured that it is according to his will. Does that make sense? Yeah? And um, our prayers should, should grow out of scripture, should grow out of his word and his promises, right? And we can be more sure of his word than our own heart, right? Uh if a prayer is heartfelt but not scriptural, <laughs> I mean, it's not all that beneficial, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I'd be pretty plain in just saying, you know, well, uh, if a prayer is heartfelt but not scriptural or uh, not according to God's word, then probably better left not saying it <laughs> on some level, if you know what I mean. Um any thoughts about that? Any 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 questions about that? Well, I was on the same page you
2: Noah on this one I said that because those prayers are inspired. So Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And and you can totally make them your own too, right? Uh we are we're we're taught to pray from the Psalms and from the Lord's Prayer. Um and even from uh even from certain canticles or songs like uh, the Magnificat or the Song of Hannah, or the Song of Moses, or things things from Isaiah, right? Um, these these things teach us how to pray as well. And I'll say this too, and we can. I'll say this, and then we'll move on to the next one. Um, that uh, if we don't, I'm I'm not about to lambast anybody for how they pray, right? I'm not about to say that a prayer that is not crafted expertly is not heard by God, right? That's not, that's, that's not what makes a prayer heard. It is faith, right? Faith is what counts when it comes to praying. And the thing is, though, is that we should encourage each other to pray more robustly. You know, that we should encourage each other to pray according to God's word whenever we can, right? Um, And I say that because, you know, I think a lot of people would get upset by critiquing prayer because they'll say, well, it's just how that person prays. What's the problem with it, right? Very individualistic. But um, you also have to take into account, um, like... Uh, who you're praying for, or even who you're praying with. If you want to pray with somebody then and there, right? Um, and I use this example in this morning that I have this... Uh, let me see if I can pull it out real quick. Oh, no. It's in my other bag. right? But it's my pastoral care companion. And uh, it's got all these different uh, passages of Scripture and pieces of pastoral care and counsel for different times of life, spiritual distress, uh, someone has a kid, you know, a baptism, someone is um, considering suicide, all, all kinds of stuff. And there's a prayer in there for, for a young child when they're sick. And it's very simple. It's great. It just simply says, uh, dear Jesus, you know, so-and-so is sick. We pray that you would make them feel better. In your name we pray. And that's it, you know? But let's say I took that prayer to the deathbed of a dying man who's been a Christian his whole life and he's matured in the faith, and I simply just sat at his deathbed and said that simple little prayer. That's a good prayer, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's going to be lacking in some ways of encouragement or comfort. You see what I mean? Right? Um, I, as a pastor, if I went to someone like that and did that, that, that probably would not be all that encouraging for that guy. Right? Um, and I liken it also to this. Um, if we just simply, I don't know, if we don't encourage each other, to pray more robustly or according to the word of God. Um, it's like you see if I can put it this way. It's 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 like if you know Charlotte right now, she can say a few words. She can say Amen. And she can say uh, she can like nod her head and she's not very articulate, right? Uh, but it's like when she can say I love you. In her own way, right? It's like, ah, you know, it's not very articulate. But let's say that Charlotte grows up and she turns 18, and the only words she can say are like, mine, that, give, yes, and no, right? Just to pick a few out of a hat, right? She could get through some part of her life fairly okay, being 18, and and being able to say more, but she just doesn't want to, you know. Um that's that's actually would would be kind of neglectful on our part as parents to just be like that's okay, honey. You just simply say those five words and you'll be just fine, right? You know, it, it's 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 missing out on on the uh, on the clarity and the comfort that we can have in prayer uh, by simply just saying, you know, just pray from what's pray for whatever is in your heart. You know it. Am I making some sense here? Am I am I striking a
3: nerve, or you know, does that kind of make some sense? What I'm saying. Well, um, when you said the prayers aren't heard by, well, I mean, Uh, it also kind of depends on who you're praying to. Okay. Okay. I mean, if we're praying to Buddha, (laughs) then it's probably not going to be
0: heard by God. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, faith in Christ and faith in the yeah. Triune God for sure. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, but does it does it make sense that we should be encouraging each other to pray more? I keep using that word robustly, but it's like, you know, for us who are more spiritually mature than little children, at least we should be. It's kind of like in Hebrews where the the, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, um, you you need the spiritual milk, even though you should be eating meat by now, right? At some point you gotta you gotta kind of do the discipline and or be disciplined enough to do a little bit of the work to engage in God's word and, and be able to say, you know, this is this is how I'm praying, because God has promised to do these things. Now, if if you need a little help with that, I, you know, I told you about the Lord's Prayer. Um, and there's also another way to pray if you want to and try this out too and, and just see what happens if you'd like to. But when you're, we were taught in the seminary to kind of uh, craft our own prayers. You know, sometimes on Sunday mornings, we have the prayer of the church and the synod puts out Prayers of the church tailored for the readings. It's usually what I do. Um, and but I could write them my own. On, I, could, I could write them myself and just use those on, on a Sunday morning. And they taught they taught us how to, and I'll and I'll kind of give you the basic outline. The basic outline of a of a prayer as we pray in the church on a Sunday is you begin with an address. To one of the Trinity, right? I mean, typically we pray to the Father, right? O oh Lord, our heavenly Father. We begin with that, right? Address to the Trinity: um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? You can pray to the Son. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. They're all God, but you know, typically we pray to the Father um, in in the name of the Son, right? Uh, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, right? So we usually begin with an address to the Trinity or to the Father, and then we, um, we add a promise from Scripture, right? So we reiterate a promise that's been spoken in Scripture, right? You promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Right, very simply, something like that, and then you go on to your petition, asking for what you want. You know, therefore, Lord, uh, grant that you know so and so in the hospital would know that you have not forsaken them. Right, that sort of thing. You ask for what you need and for what you want. Right, um, and then and then after you do that, then it's the termination. Which usually goes like, you know, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, right? And and that's just a nice way to shape a prayer. So maybe give that a shot sometime. Um, You don't have to do that, but it might get you thinking a little bit differently about how to incorporate uh, Scripture into your prayers, right? So you can pray a little more deliberately so that it's focused. So that it's not just kind of wandering aimlessly. Um, okay. Thoughts, questions about this?
2: Oh, I had one thought. When I, well, It's been years ago. I guess the prayer of, I think is Jabez, was real popular. They have books on it.
0: And right. We studied it for a few weeks,
2: and I thought that was getting drug out way too more than it needed to be.
0: Yeah, The Prayer of Jabez or whatever from... Uh, who was that that wrote that? Um, I think he's out in San Antonio. Um, that's okay. It's not a good book, <laughs> from what I understand. The Prayer of Jabez, I don't really understand. I don't think... I've glanced at it a few times, but it's not something that I would recommend to people on learning how to pray. Um
2: it, it, I don't know, the, I can't remember all of it, but it seemed like it was a self-serving kind of a yeah. deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what I've gathered from it, that it's, it's very much, um, it's very mystical in that way, that kind of American Christianity understanding of prayer that, you know, um, I don't know, that it's some sort of experience or some sort of work that you do that, Sort of curries favor with God, or manipulates Him to do what you want or need, or something like that. It's it's not. Yeah, to, I don't remember uh, everything, yeah. but I do remember what was and I impressed? Okay, fair enough. All right, fair enough. Well, so um, I would encourage y'all to try and when when you pray, try try shaping it in in this way, um, and uh, and even on Sunday mornings. If you hear the prayers of the church, maybe um, see see how it fits, right? Because I think this last Sunday, the 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 collect for the Sunday, the prayer of the day, right, was um, Almighty God, our heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all of our needs of body and soul. I mean those those promises are found throughout Scripture, right? And then the petition comes, grant that we may heartily acknowledge your, uh, grant that we may heartily acknowledge your your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. And then the termination, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And on from there. See what, see what you get. Give it a shot. Okay? So, all right. How about number five, so we can keep on rolling here. Prayer is taught, according to page 199. Um, What have you learned about prayer from this chapter? What would you put down?
2: Persistence, (laughs) nag-nag, nag-nag-nag.
0: The persistent widow, yeah? Nag-nag-nag, yeah, yeah, it's... That's a good way to put it. Persistence. And that takes faith, right? It takes faith to do that. Um, And a certain kind of stubbornness, I would imagine. So, yeah. Any other uh, things that y'all learned about prayer from this chapter? No? (laughs) Was this all just stuff you knew already? No, no, you always learn a little, little yeah. something. Yeah. That's why we're here. Nah, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here. Have, you, have y'all been convicted to pray more from this chapter? Or maybe encouraged to pray more from this chapter? No? (laughs) Was it not that encouraging? (laughs) No? Okay. So, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, well, if you don't want to talk anymore about number five, (laughs) we can (laughs) move on from there. Uh, so how about, um, Prayer is warfare. Page 203. Okay. Um, Prayer is warfare. Have you heard the term prayer warrior? How is that accurate?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you've heard it. All right. Well, we're in a constant battle.
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Battle against against the spiritual the evil forces. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'll be honest with y'all. I I, I used to not. I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about whether or not I want to ascribe that title to anybody as a prayer warrior. because um, I'm, it's one of those things that like it it it, it kind of skirts the line of uh, of seeing who's doing the work, as it were. Does that make sense? That um, when you say someone is a prayer warrior, it emphasizes what they're doing more than, I guess, how God is doing what needs to be done through their prayers, that sort of thing. Does that make sense?
1: I was a little surprised that Wolf Miller talked about it in that way. Um, Because when the movie came out, however many years ago, War Room. Yeah. I mean I have not seen it, but I yeah. did hear that there was a lot of Lutheran backlash against the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming for that reason.
0: Um so what yeah, that 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 they do their battle on their knees by praying or something like that, you know, and I mean I he didn't use the term prayer warrior in here, did he? I don't think so. I don't think he did. That's why I was kind of surprised. That that this guy who crafted these questions used the term prayer warrior because I typically don't talk about it that way. Um, I don't. I do, I wouldn't encourage people to see themselves as prayer warriors. It's not strict. It's 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 not strictly incorrect. I guess you could say. But when you use simple terms like this, it raises a lot of questions as to what the definition really means, right? Who's doing the fighting and who's that? Because that movie War Room was, I didn't see it. I read a review about it that um, was unsurprising as far as what the content of the movie had in it. Like, you know, like a lot, sadly, a lot of Christian movies are just, they're really lacking in a lot of ways because everything just happens to resolve itself at the end. It's all happy and everyone's good at the end. It's like, that's not real life. You know, that doesn't always happen. And so it creates, I think that was, that was the biggest backlash that I saw was that um, it was seen It put prayer in the realm of something that we do to kind of, for lack of a better term, manipulate God to do what we want him to do, right? Um, That it was put in the realm of um, prayer.
1: If God doesn't say yes, you're not praying hard enough.
0: Yeah, that sort of thing too, yeah. Where um, it's about the strength of your faith more than just God's will. Uh, and so it, it that's wrong. And then there's also the issue of... Um, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, the other issue was that, you know, in the movie, the woman's having marital problems and then this, this older woman tells her about how whenever she has issues, she goes to her closet and she prays. She has a little prayer, which is fine. I mean, if you want to have a little... Um, a little kneeler or something in your closet, I, hey, go go for it. Um, that's actually a, an, an old Christian practice. But the thing is, is that um, the movie portrays it that because she prayed, life got better, right? Because she prayed, her marital problems got resolved, you know, or something like that. It was just ambiguous as to how things actually got to be the way they were. And so... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things of, uh, Christian movies are not all that great for that reason. They kind of skew things and they got to have the happy ending and yada, yada, yada. Right? Well,
1: and Ephesians said, you know, the sword, the spirit is the sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sword and, of the spirit. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the word is the two-edged sword. So it really should be scripture is scripture warrior, not necessarily like a Prayer warrior? Sure, kind of yeah. I think that would be a better way to go about
0: it. That, yeah, if you're gonna simplify it down to a term like that, maybe uh, scripture warrior would be best or um I'm trying to think. Because because putting on the full armor of God is not just limited to prayer, right? It's it's limited to just being what you would call probably like a good Christian soldier, as it were, right? Or part of the church. Militant, right? So yeah, um, I was kind of surprised they brought in a Prayer Warrior and wanted to open up that can of worms. Um, but it is accurate in some sense. It's not accurate in every sense. Um, uh, that you know, when you say you know I'm a Prayer Warrior, it's like you're drawing attention to yourself that's unnecessary or something along those lines. I'll just leave that there because. Um. um we should be persistent in prayer, but we shouldn't necessarily go on and on about, you know, it's like, hey, you were in the hospital and now you're out. Thanks be to God. But you know what? While you were praying, while you are in the hospital, I was praying for you every single day right at noon for exactly 30 minutes. That's how much of a prayer warrior I am. That sort of thing. I don't think I, I again, I've never heard anybody say that, but it's almost like it's a little boastful in things that we should not be boasting about. Um So, but at the same time, we as Christians are engaged in warfare, but our armor comes from God, from his word, from the promises, from the blood of Christ, you know, all these things that are given to us as a free gift, right? Um, But that's not to say, let me just add this caveat in there, that's not to say that we should um, de-emphasize prayer. Um, because, because I think I've seen it where people will, people will, Lutherans especially will criticize something like the war room, the movie, the way it portrays prayer will criticize, um, American Christians, you know, um, of different stripes because their view of prayer is off, right? Or it's not exactly correct. Um, and at the same time, we won't pray right, we will say, that's not exactly right, that's not necessarily how you pray, <laughs> you know, and they just go off and do your thing, instead of actually praying and engaging in the way that we ought to pray, right, so that's something that we, we need to focus on ourselves a little bit there, too, that we could be better, uh, we could be more encouraging of each other in that realm, and we should be, right, we should pray more, um, and hopefully, hopefully this, this chapter has given you some more uh, encouragement to do so. Um, so uh, understanding who it is that is really doing the fighting, right? It's not really us necessarily, but it is God through us doing that battle, right? And protecting us and safeguarding us. Um, any other thoughts on that? No. Nope. All right. How about that last question? Um, and I think this is a good one to end on for sure. Uh, evangelism and mission are not to be motivated by worry or anxiety. How is uh, <clears throat> how is mission panic or or um, or evangelism crisis undone by prayer?
1: I said that prayer remind, reminds us of who's in charge.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Anybody else?
2: Gives us a peace that passes all understanding. Sure. Yeah, I
0: mean, ha, so y'all probably heard the, the pleas for mission and evangelism, even in the Lutheran Church, right, you know? If they don't hear it from us, who are they going to hear it from? That sort of thing. It's, 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 it's kind of like a laying on of, it's kind of motivation by guilt in a lot of ways, right? That it's all up to us. It's all up to us to make sure that more Christians come into the church, right? Um, but what, specifically what prayer or really, more narrowly, what part of the Lord's Prayer helps to fight against that anxiety?
1: Thy kingdom come.
0: Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, right on earth as it is in heaven. That um, we don't we don't live in a crisis mode. I think that's something that a lot of a lot of other denominations will look at. The Lutheran Church, generally. And say, Yeah, I don't really care about missions. You yeah, don't really care about evangelism. You're not getting out there. You're not winning people. You're not um, winning people for Jesus, that sort of stuff. And it's just like, Well, I, that can take on many different shapes. And, uh, you know, you can, you can talk to people in different ways about Christ. Um, I think that we emphasize more so, though, of that calm peaceful understanding that whenever somebody is going to convert or whenever somebody is going to believe in Christ, God is the one that's going to do that. He is the one who's going to make sure that they hear the word rightly. And um, we want to try and facilitate that and play the long game as best we can with people in that realm, right? We're going to try and Make sure that it's not just this quick conversation. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, no, no, okay, well, see you later. Yeah, it's just like, um, we're not interested in the short game, we're interested in the long game, and God is interested in the long game as well, right? That when we pray, Thy kingdom come, it's all God's doing, right? The growth of the church is the Lord's work, it's not ours, right? Um, and He uses us in certain ways. Uh, but it's not all up to us, right? It's not all up to us about how well we craft our apologetics. It's not all up to us about how well we do this, that, or the other. That's also not an excuse that we shouldn't engage people, though, right? Um, it, it should be encouragement that we should continue to pray that people who don't know Christ would come to know Christ. And if we are part of that, then we pray that he would give us the ability to play whatever role we're supposed to, right? And and glorify him in whatever way we can.
3: Um, yeah. Um, kind of like, uh, and I'm not bashing our church or any other church out there. Sure. But, um, my mom kind of said to me, she's like, well, I like this church that we go to, non-denominational. Sure. Yeah. Because it's a lot like our old church. They have a lot of missionaries overseas mm. and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that. Yeah. Um.
0: I mean, the Missouri Senate has a lot of missionaries. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know. Um. I mean, our current Missouri, uh, our current Senate president was a missionary. Yeah. Um, and he even did some some pretty interesting stuff in Fort Wayne when he was a pastor at Zion there in Fort Wayne. In the community, reaching out to people, doing this, that, and the other. Um, I mean, i I think that. I mean, so what do I think about that? I think that a lot of churches are involved in mission work. I mean, it depends on how much you see it. That might make a difference. I don't yeah. know. Is 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 that kind of the issue? Is that is that they like that church because they emphasize that that's what they do? Yeah.
3: My dad has gone over you know, overseas a couple of times to Haiti or Sure Guatemala or Mexico and done, you know, a little bit of stuff. Yeah, sure. Good. But um that's that's just one of the things like that's where their heart's at. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. Well and and our old church, our home church in Illinois, had a lot of a lot of missionaries. It was A F L C. Yeah. Um had a lot of missionaries overseas and always you know, we're building this church over in Guatemala or we're building a school over in Haiti or
0: yeah. something. Yeah. Well we've we've we have we have we have got a lot of that going on in the in the Missouri Synod. We've actually started seminaries in Brazil and in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And uh, um, I mean and, and and it depends on where you want to see like I I know of people who are even missionaries in Germany, you yeah. know. Uh, and a friend of mine, a good, a good friend of mine from the seminary, he's uh, Portuguese and he was wanting to become a pastor so that he could go back to Portugal and share and, and spread God's word amongst the people there, you know? So it's like, we still engage in it. Um, and honestly, I think our church on some level, specifically resurrection could probably do more in terms of, um, helping, with some sort of mission or some sort of effort on yes. some level. Something to consider. I mean, we have the president of the council here and the secretary here, so you can put it on the docket next time <laughs> I mean, if you want to or whenever we talk about that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's worth considering yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But all the while we pray, you know, our, our prayers are important, like James keeps saying, the prayers of a righteous man, availeth much, right, that our prayers for our missionaries and even for the people in our own town and our neighbors that live next to us, you know, we should be praying for them as well, um, especially if they don't know Christ, um, and especially if they're going to maybe a church that is not teaching them the truth of God's word, right? So pray, 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 and pray some more, right? Pray without ceasing. Any, any last thoughts on this? Anything we didn't touch on, y'all want to touch on real quick?
2: Well, motivated by worry or anxiety. It seems yeah. like fear-mongering is very popular
0: anymore. Fear-mongering is not popular
3: anymore? It
2: is. Oh, it is. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. People are motivated by fear and worry. Yeah. Um, and it gets a lot of people going. Yeah, that's true. It gets, it gets a lot of people going. Um, but I, you know, it's kind of a disservice, right? I mean, because what happens when people worry so much to the point? I mean, so what does worry and anxiety lead to? I mean, it, it leads to burnout, right? People can just get exhausted. You know, and, and it leads to despair, ultimately. If you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, especially on the mission front of saying, you know, you have this crisis of evangelism, you know, temper it a little bit with saying, you know what? Yeah, we are supposed to go out we are supposed to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them them to observe all that Christ has commanded us. Um, And we are to do that. Uh, But it's like Paul said, you know, he planted, Apollos watered, but to God was counted the growth, right? It's God's work. God is the one who's going to make things grow if he sees fit. And all the while, we're just called to be good hands, you know, just good hands and feet and good workers in his church, right? Praying all the time. (laughs) Praying as we do our work, right? All right, well, we are way over time. Uh, it's a good discussion. Um, next week, again, we are gonna go through chapters 10 and 11 and finish out the book uh, so we can be done uh, by Holy Week, because I really don't wanna drag this into Holy Week and beyond Holy Week. Uh, so so uh, we can also move on to our next study after Easter at some point in time. Uh, but if there's nothing else, no good? Okay.